This morning we are continuing our study on biblical child training that we're calling Parenting by the Book. This is our fourth message in the series that I started out thinking it was going to be a three-sermon series. While I'm here, let me say, last, last week in the message, I mentioned some things. They were actually section titles that I got from a book by J.C. Ryle, uh, Parenting with a View to Scripture Knowledge, Parenting with a View to Prayer, Parenting with a View to uh, Humility. I, I think we're going to continue this parenting series and preach messages in those veins. And I, I think that that's going to be convicting and instructing in how we should raise our children. But how are we going to preach a sermon on prayer and not have conviction for every one of us? I've never heard anybody say, I pray just enough. I pray just enough. Anyway, there you go. So that's, what, that's where we're headed. This is the fourth message in the series. And we have in the, the first three considered the biblical command in Ephesians to parents that we should raise up our children in the nurture and admonition or in the discipline and instruction of the Lord and not provoke them to wrath. And then we spent two weeks uh, looking at Proverbs 22, verse 6, where we received the wisdom of Scripture exhorting us to train up a child in the way that he should go. We noted that parents should raise their children in the way that he should go. And not in the way that he would go, not leaving our child to the tyranny of his own will, not leaving him to his own fancy, but we should train our children biblically in godliness in honesty and respect in the way that he should go. And in those things, that's the way that every child should be raised. That's the way that every child should go God's way. As we've studied these texts along the way, I have pointed to some verses of Scripture. I have, I have quoted them, uh, and, and they, they remind us about and warn us about lazy parenting, about pampering parenting. I've quoted verses like, a child left to himself will bring his mother shame. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, and and we noted when we spoke of that verse that this foolishness is not just silliness or childishness that is part and parcel to being a child, but this foolishness bound up in the heart of every child born under Adam is lostness and depravity. And it is in every one of us from conception. We say with the psalmist in sin did my mother conceive me and that's not a commentary on my mother's sin. That's a commentary on my sin inherited from Adam. But I have a confession to make this morning as we talk about the verses that I had quoted in these previous three sermons. I've only quoted half, half verses. In those previous sermons, I quoted half the verse. I made the point from that half the verse and, and I intentionally omitted the other half. That's something a preacher should never do, right? Leave something out on, on purpose, but that's what I've done. I've saved the other half of those verses for today. So today we come and we'll look at the other half of that. You'll find the first verse that I want us to look at printed in your worship guide, Proverbs 22 and verse 15, Proverbs 22, 15. I will tell you, keep your Bible handy. We're going to be moving around a little bit today. Proverbs 22, 15. From the New American Standard, we read, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. 
King James says the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So we see this verse and we see the fullness of it, not just the first part that I quoted, but we see the last half now. And if you'll flip over a couple of pages to Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29, I'd like to read verses 15 to 17. Proverbs 29, 15 through 17. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother shame. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give you, he will give delight to your heart. As we read these texts, let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time together in his word. God, help us this hour to be submitted to you and to be submitted to your word as you have given it to us. Be gracious, be merciful to us, Lord. Do the spiritual heart surgery and the spiritual brain surgery that is required to remove from us those things which are contrary to you and contrary to your revealed will. God, implant and instill in us conviction and commitment to believe your truth, to obey your commands. Help us, Lord, to love our children. Help us, Lord, to love our children and not to hate them. And show us, God, from your word how to distinguish the difference. Bless your word, we pray, to our hearing and our hearts to receive it. For Christ's kingdom, we ask these things. Amen. So in quoting previously half these verses, I don't think I've done violence to the truth. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, and a child left to himself will bring his mother shame. But the text, the full text of these verses adds something. It adds another facet to this matter of child training. It brings in the element of the rod, the rod of correction, the rod of discipline. And in today's message, we will consider the use of the rod in child training. Now, let me tell you some things that we will not talk about. How to. We're not going to have how to. I've been asked multiple times if there would be a demonstration. Are there any volunteers? No, there will be no demonstration. Uh, there are discussions among people about the use of the rod being a, uh, a device separate from the father's hand. And others think, well, I'll use the father. I'll, I'll use my hand for these kind of things. We're not going to get into that. I have opinions. We're going to look at what scripture says, and that's all we're going to see today. There are other things that we can talk about, but this is not what we're going to discuss here. But we will be considering today the biblical instruction for the use of the rod in child training. All around us, the topic of the rod is fraught with controversy and differing opinion. However many people there are here today, I'm sure we have that many opinions plus two or three. There's even different understandings of what might be meant with the Bible's teaching of the rod. And, and this sermon 
cannot and will not address every variant view. We don't have the time. We don't have a preacher smart enough to look at every variant view. And I'm not even aware of every varying opinion. So we can't consider every opinion. But the task of a preacher in general is as simply and plainly as possible to present what the text of Scripture says. And so that will be my goal today. And I believe we will see clearly the plain sense of the Scripture on this matter. And by saying the things which are clear, it will clarify things that may, in our minds, seem more obscure. So as we begin, let's consider in the first place, the rod understood and defined. What is the rod? I've spoken with parents. I've spoken with parents in this church, not people who are here now, but in the past who have said things like, well, isn't isn't the rod, when the Bible talks about the rod, isn't the rod like when we speak to our child and we speak correcting words? Isn't that the rod? Surely, surely the rod is not hitting or striking our child. That's That, that opinion is out there. Maybe some of you have that idea even now. Some so-called Bible teachers say something like this. The rod didn't have anything to do with spanking. A rod in ancient times was what a shepherd carried for the care for his sheep. It had several purposes. It could be tossed past an errant sheep to startle him back to the flock. I found it funny as well, brother. <laughs> Toss you anyway. Sorry, I'm going to continue reading. It could be used to fend off potential attackers. It could be used. It was used to count sheep as they passed under the rod. And it was used physically to pull back the wool in order to look at wounds or other defects on the sheep's skin. You know the problem with things like this? There's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of true things to counting the sheep as they pass. There's a lot of truth in this. But spoiler alert. When we get to looking at what the scripture says, we're going to see that this idea from this particular Bible teacher is destroyed. Parents say things, and I've heard some of you say things like, I don't want to hurt my child. Some parents are content to reason in their own mind that the rod spoken of in scripture, surely it doesn't mean spanking. Therefore, they abandoned the idea of spanking altogether. Others were raised by parents who abandoned the use of the rod. So they've never had any concept of the rod in child training. So it's not even coming into consideration for them. And we certainly can sympathize with these ideas. Show me a parent who says, I want to hurt my child and I will show you an unfit parent. None of us want to hurt our child. We would rather speak to our child than spank our child. All of us feel that. Nobody enjoys the process. Nobody enjoys it. So could, could the 
Bible use the term rod and could the Bible speak to the use of the rod to mean something besides spanking? So let's look at the verses of scripture for our definition and our understanding of the rod. I have five verses that we'll turn to. So get ready to, to get there. Proverbs 29, 15. I think you probably are already there. Proverbs 29, 15. We'll read 15 and 17. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings his mother shame. And then 17, discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Now, before we really define what the rod is, we learn a couple of things here from this text. First, the rod goes with reproof. You see that the rod and reproof give a child wisdom. They go together. Reproof. What is reproof? Reproof is an expression of disapproval. Reproof is criticism. Reproof is finding fault or finding blame. That is reproof. The use of the rod should be accompanied by these words of reproof. It is important that we know they go together. Don't use the rod without words of reproof. And those words are important to focus the use of the rod on the lesson which your child should be learning in that moment. But the other thing which we must not overlook is that if the rod is to be accompanied by words of reproof, then the rod is not itself words of reproof. The Bible is not saying here, talk to your child and talk to your child and that brings wisdom. No, there's speaking to your child and then there's something else called the use of the rod distinct from words of reproof. So if we only consider this verse in isolation, it seems that the rod cannot be words of reproof that we speak to a child. Secondly, we learn from this verse that the rod and reproof is in contrast to your child getting his own way. You have the child left to himself contrasted with the child who receives the rod and reproof. Now parents, you can't parent, you should not parent. We must not parent in a way that our child gets his own way. There is a way that seems right to a man, the end thereof is death. What that means is there's a way that seems right to your child and the end of it is death. Train him up in the right way, not in his way. And that is by the use of the rod and reproof. Then we look at Proverbs 23, verse 13. Proverbs 23, verse 13. Now some of these we have not referred to in the last three messages, so you'll want to turn there. And I really want you to turn there. And I got to thinking about that digital Bible versus the, the ink on paper. I really like the ink on paper. There's a lot of books that I will do audio book because they're not important. But when we study scripture, I really like the idea that I'm looking at ink on paper that I remember in my mind when I think about that. I remember the side and the column where it was and how far it was down the page. And it brings all those things to help me in my understanding and, and memory and study of scripture. So I want you to turn there because I don't want you to I don't want you to uh, I don't want you to miss what the Bible says. If you walk out of here and don't know what I said. That's great. That's fine. But you need to know what the Bible says. Proverbs 23, 13. 
Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Now this verse is the verse from which Bruce Ray takes the title for his book on child training, a book that I would recommend to every parent. The book is titled Withhold Not Correction. That's the King James, Withhold Not Correction from a Child. But here again, we are exhorted to discipline your child. You are exhorted to discipline your child. Do not withhold correction. And once again, the rod, now I'm going to throw a word at you. Be ready. The rod here is sine qua non for discipline. Now, some of you have been here on Wednesday night. Maybe you remember like, yep, we talked about that. What is sine qua non? You'll see it written as you read. I hope you're reading things that use words like sine qua non. It's S-I-N-E space A space Q. Oh, uh, no, S-I-N-E space Q-U-A space N-O-N. Yeah, I, I should have looked because I can't spell in my mind. Sine qua non. What is sine qua non? The rod is sine qua non for discipline. Uh, it, it, this is my definition of sine qua non. Something that is sine qua non is an essential element of a thing that without which that thing would not be what it is. I was proud of that. Now let me give you my Louisiana public school definition, okay? Chocolate chip cookies. Aren't they wonderful? Chocolate chip cookies are great, but chocolate chips are sine qua non for chocolate chip cookies. If you have chocolate chip cookies without chocolate chips, you don't have chocolate chip cookies. Does that make sense? Without chocolate chips, the chocolate chip cookies are just, they're cookies, they're just not chocolate chip cookies. Sine qua non means if it's not there, it's not the thing that it's supposed to be. Pepperoni pizza without pepperoni? <laughs> Maybe pizza, but it is not pepperoni pizza. The rod is sine qua non for disciplining a child. We learn in this verse that the rod when used rightly is an instrument for striking. Withhold not correction. Let me, let, me, uh, let me go back, back up a little bit. Do not withhold discipline from a child. Do not withhold discipline. King James, do not withhold correction. And then if you strike him with a rod, do you see how that is, that is seen as the same thing? Do not withhold discipline. If you strike him with the rod, it is sine qua non. These things go together and they cannot be separated. The rod is not the only element. Chocolate chips are not the only ingredient in chocolate chip cookies. The rod is not the only element in training a child, in disciplining a child, in correcting a child. It's not the only thing, but it must be there. Now, we also learn from this verse that when the rod is used rightly, it is an instrument for striking. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. And some of you are concerned about that. The Bible says he will not die. There's no way to think that when the Bible speaks about the rod for child training, it means words or standing in the corner or taking away privileges or anything other than what we refer to as spanking, <coughs> striking, hitting. Those other things, standing in the corner, taking away privilege, those other things may be tools in the parental toolbox, 
but they are not the rod. And the scripture speaks specifically to the rod. Let me say this. We may use many things like standing in the corner, taking away privileges. Boy, I was grounded. Uh, we had a pilot in our church that used to feel so bad for me. He's like, I hate it when I'm grounded. But anyway, I don't know. He thought it was funny. I didn't get it. There are other things that we may use in parenting. But those other things do not carry with them the promise of success, nor in any way are they endorsed by God in Holy Scripture as a parental method of correction. God does, through Holy Scripture, endorse, promise success, and even command parents to use the rod. So we saw, A, the rod is not words. We see biblically, B, biblically, child discipline includes striking with the rod. Now we look at C, our third point here, Proverbs 22, 15 and Proverbs 22. So Proverbs 22, 15, we'll start there. Proverbs 22, 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. King James, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Saying the same thing. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline, the rod of correction will drive it far from him. In Proverbs 23, verses 13 and 14, we just looked at this. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Now, I want to be very careful before we dig into this, that I want to distinguish and, and hold sacred the term ordinary means of grace. I, I don't want to dilute that term. I don't want to dilute those things. Prayer, reading, but especially the preaching of the word of God, baptism and the Lord's Supper are the means of grace, the ordinary means of grace that God uses to save sinners. So don't go away and say, Pastor Todd said spanking is a means of grace. I'm not saying that. However, how can we understand these verses that are before us? If foolishness, depravity, and lostness is bound up in the heart of your child and the rod of correction drives it far from him, and if by striking him with the rod, Proverbs 23, you deliver your child's soul from hell, we have to understand this in some way, on some level, that the rod is a resource, the rod is an instrument, the rod is a way of saving your child's soul. Fathers and mothers, just, just take a minute to look at these verses are they unclear? Are they ambiguous in any way? When you beat him with the rod, you will deliver his soul from hell. Now, this is certainly no guarantee that every child who is spanked will believe in Jesus repenting of their sin. It's not that. But it does seem to be a God-ordained method of evangelism. How is your child going to understand the law? 
They don't understand the law of God because they understand the law of dad's house. How is your child going to understand consequences due for the breaking of the law? This is a means of early evangelism. Brothers and sisters, you may try in your mind to undo this. You may say, hey, wait a minute. He's reading from the King James. It will deliver his soul from hell. My Bible doesn't say that. It says it will deliver his soul from Sheol. And, and couldn't Sheol mean the grave and, and not eternal hell? I mean, couldn't that be? Okay, well, I, I think it means hell, eternal hell, because it doesn't say that you will save his body or that you will save his life. It says you'll save his soul. And the soul is that eternal part of a human. But even if we concede and say, okay, this means here only life on earth and not eternity. Parents, is that less of an encouragement toward the diligent use of the rod with your child? If you're only saving your child's life, you say, oh, well, that's not, that's not as important then. Is it not worth the effort? The diligent use of the rod? The rod is not words. Biblically, child discipline includes striking with the rod. The rod is an instrument to save your child's soul from hell. I, I fully admit and confess that there's much more that can be said about all of this for, for better understanding. But this is giving us a good introduction. Number four, letter D, Proverbs 13, 24. Proverbs 13, 24. So you need to turn there. Some of you don't know this is in the Bible. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Again, by the way, we see the sine qua non of the use of the rod and discipline. I often ask Christians, where in the Bible is that verse, spare the rod and spoil the child? Where, where is that in the scripture? While many people think that is in the Bible, it is not. The Bible is much more clear and much more blunt about the neglect, the, the results of the neglect of spanking. Father, do you love your son or daughter? Mother, do you, do you hate your child? Now, whatever answer you have there in your head, is it in keeping? Is it in order with the word of God here? God is clear. No rod is an indication of a child hater. Diligent discipline, including the judicious use of the rod, shows a loving parent. The Bible tells us those whom God loves he disciplines, he chastens. If you're not disciplined, the Bible also tells us if you're not disciplined, if you're not chastened by God, then you are illegitimate children. I'll spare you the King James on that. If you're not disciplined by God, you are illegitimate children. So, Brothers and sisters, where do you get the unbridled pride to call God's word a lie when you say the truth? 
If you say you love your child, yet you do not discipline with the rod. Scripture tells us if you love your child, you discipline him diligently with the use of the rod. If you withhold the rod, your actions express hatred toward your child. The rod is not words. Biblically, child discipline includes striking with the rod. The rod is an instrument to save your child's soul from hell. And the rod is a display of love. And withholding the rod is a display of hatred. In Psalm 23, this is a familiar text. The 23rd Psalm is quoted often. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Isn't that beautiful? Walking through the valley of the shadow of death is not death, by the way. We live life in the valley of the shadow of death. That's where we are right now. We live walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And the psalmist says here, I fear no evil. Not because he's unaware of evil. Not because he's swelled up with pride and I can take on whatever. I fear no evil for thou art with me. What can, what can harm me? My God is with me. And then specific in, in this Fearing no evil and being comforted, it is thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. The rod brings comfort. Now, now yes, this 23rd Psalm speaks most directly to the relationship between a child of God and our Heavenly Father. But it's no accident that we have a, a, a type or a microcosm presented in the parent-child relationship. God disciplines his children, but it looks different. There are parallels, there are comparisons. God speaks to his children. God only speaks to his children, by the way, through books, two books. The book of scripture and the book of nature. The book of scripture and the book of nature. You need the book of scripture. If you're going to just have one of those to look at, you need the book of scripture. God speaks to us only through books, but are we as parents to speak to our children only through books? I wrote you a letter. I'm not going to talk. No, that's not the case. There are parallels. There are similarities. And we learn from that. And the thing that we learn here is God's rod comforts his children. Not only the staff, but the rod and, and the rod is mentioned first. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How can a rod of correction bring comfort? How can a rod bring comfort? Well, God uses his rod of iron to crush his and our enemies. So his rod is a rod protecting us. And a parent needs to show their children that they will be tough with anything that comes against, to fight against, to try and destroy your child. Your child needs to know my daddy, my mama, my parents will fight against anything that tries to destroy me. 
And then you're going to find out that your child's inner destructive nature is one of the things you have to fight against. And they need to see that. The rod will bring comfort. God's rod of correction is a result of his love. The Lord chastens those whom he loves. Those whom the Lord loves, he chastens. It follows. His rod is a result of his love. God's rod of correction marks out his children from everybody else. You, you hear people say things like, aren't we all children of God? The answer is no. The answer is no. Jesus said to some, aren't you of your father, the devil? We're all uh, created by God. We're all his property through creation. But we who are his children are special and marked out from the rest. There are those whom God does not chasten. Hosea 14, 4.14 says this, God's speaking to sinful men and he says, I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go aside with prostitutes and sacrifice with cult, cult prostitutes and a people without understanding will come to ruin. I will not punish your daughters. How fearful it must be to live as a person whom God does not discipline. He does not hold back, hold them back from destruction. He does not stop their sin from their ruin. How fearful that must be. I thought about this in parent-child relationships. And as we often do, you think about how you are with your children. You think about how your parents were with you. You'll remember a few weeks ago, I told you that I complained a lot as a child about Jimmy. My parents are here today. Y'all can ask them about Jimmy. Jimmy didn't get punished like me. Jimmy didn't get restricted like me. Jimmy didn't have the oppression that I experienced. <laughs> and if you'll remember what I said was my parents would say, if Jimmy was our son, he'd get just what you're getting. If Jimmy was our son, things would be different for him. You know, you know what they were saying in that? My parents were saying, we don't love Jimmy. Now that sounds, that sounds harsh, but that's, that's, that was it. We don't love Jimmy. We love you. You're my son. I love you, not him. That's, that's the thing. So, so when we love, we discipline. And my parents proved it by their frequent use of the rod, and I needed it frequently. Brothers, brothers and sisters, God's love is expressed in part, not fully, but in part by his chastisement of his children. God's love is expressed in his chastisement. And if you want your child to know that you love him, you must wisely use the rod of correction. This will bring comfort to your child. Not in the moment, but in time. The rod is not words. Biblically, child discipline includes striking with the rod. The rod is an instrument to save your child from hell. The rod indicates love and no rod indicates hatred. And the rod brings comfort. Parents, specifically Christian parents, the rod presented in scripture 
is presented as the remedy, the remedy for the foolishness bound up in your child's heart. The rod is the answer to the problems of parenting. Over the past weeks, we've looked at the problem. Your child must be trained up. If you leave your child alone, he'll bring shame. You'll have no rest. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. But looking at the wisdom of scripture, God says the rod is a significant tool in combating these problems. Now, now we can't, we can't speak, especially in our day, we can't speak of the use of the rod without talking about how the rod may be wrongly administered. I'm going to finish, but we're getting close. The rod can be wrongly administered. First of all, we need to know, in case you've been wondering, maybe you're appalled that we're talking about this. Uh, we are not talking about physical abuse of a child. Are you all awake? We're not talking about that. This is not the physical abuse. That is not what scripture is supporting, endorsing, and commanding. The use of the rod needs to be appropriate, age appropriate, size appropriate, and never, never will the use of the rod rightly done bring physical harm to your child. There will be temporary stinging, but no physical harm done. Spatting the hand, swatting a diapered bottom, or bending over the bed with a full-on spanking, all those are not appropriate at all ages. A spat on the hand is too light for your 10 year old. And a full on spanking is too harsh for your 10 month old. We're not talking about child abuse. Our children at the Gill household were so light-complected that it was almost impossible to use the rod without leaving a red mark. Always seemed to be the day before the pediatrician visit, too. <laughs> Listen, leaving a little bit of a red mark that will go away in 24 hours, that's not over the line, but it is over the line to spank in such a way that leaves deep bruising that lasts weeks at a time. We are not talking about child abuse. The Bible speaks of loving discipline with the rod, not abuse. Secondly, we must consider another thing, and that is the attitude of the parent. The attitude of the parent. I have read so much, I feel kind of all dirty inside because I've read so much about spanking from the world's leading experts. They say things, they, 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 many of them say the same kind of thing. Parents spank because they are frustrated, because they are at wit's end, and they just lose it. Brothers and sisters, because you are frustrated, because you are at wit's end or because you don't have self-control is never a reason to spank and it is not the time to spank. The right use of the rod is with a view toward training your child in the Lord. 
bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Never because you are frustrated. Never because I've had enough. Listen, if you've had enough, that may indicate something. It may indicate that you should have disciplined with the rod much earlier. It may mean that you've been shirking your parental responsibility. It may mean you need to be a better father or mother according to God's command. But your feelings, your own feelings are never a reason to spank your child. There should never be an out of control nature to spanking a child. Also remember the rod from Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom. When there's no reproof to accompany the rod, you are probably administering the rod improperly. Certainly words are fewer with a younger child. A baby reaching for the electrical socket may get a spat on the hand and the reproof may be no, no. That's short and quick. As a child gets older, there are certainly more words of reproof, but the rod and reproof must be balanced together to bring wisdom. But there should be some instruction, some correction, which go with spanking. If your child doesn't know why he or she was spanked, then they have gained no wisdom in that moment. And they probably receive more harm than good. Allow me just for a moment to share with you some of the world's best wisdom on spanking. According to a 2018 survey of pediatricians published in the journal Pediatrics, only 6% of pediatricians surveyed endorsed spanking. 6%. So we do the math and we come to that and we say, okay, 94% of pediatricians do not endorse spanking as a good child-rearing practice. That's, that's overwhelming. That's a, that's a lot. 94% say do not spank. Additionally, just one other, there's so many things you could, could do. This, some of this comes from Austin, from University of Texas, so I thought it might be close to home. Dr. Sandra Graham Burnham of the University of Michigan, along with Dr. Elizabeth Gershoff of the University of Texas in Austin, have done extensive study together. Not so extensive that they consulted the Word of God, but they have done extensive study. And they say this about spanking. It is a very controversial area, even though the research is extremely telling and very clear and consistent about the negative effects on children. We have the opportunity here to take a strong stand in favor of protecting a child. Together, these PhDs wrote a report which says parents and caregivers should reduce and potentially eliminate their use of any physical punishment as a disciplinary method. The report calls on psychologists and other professionals to indicate to parents that, the phys that physical punishment is not an appropriate or even consistently effective method of discipline. Now, now, we've got to say, not all MDs and not all PhDs say this. I, I know, I've spoken to my doctor about this, uh, about spanking and how that, how that goes. My doctor's a Christian who believes that the use of the rod is good parenting. 
And can I tell you this? I just mentioned about spanking, leaving a red mark on our kids and taking them to the doctor. Parents, you've got to decide, am I going to be concerned with somebody tattling on me? Or am I going to be concerned about the soul, the well-being of my child and obedience to God's word? I'm not telling you that's easy. And I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be wise. You should be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But you've got to decide. And that's where that's where I'm getting here. This report that I've read from, this is the world's idea. This is the world's consensus. The rod of correction is not appropriate and not even effective. That's the world's consent. So, so, uh, uh, so we have spent time reading what God's word says. He who spares the rod hates his son. Strike him with the rod and save his soul from hell. Those who love their children will discipline them diligently with the use of the rod. And we have what the world says. Now, friends, you have to decide. Who will you believe? All the world's PhDs? All the world's MDs? Or the word of God? Heavenly Father, we pray for wisdom. We pray for Holy Spirit conviction. God, I pray that my words would not convince anyone, but I pray that your word would convict. God, give us boldness. Give us courage to do right. Help us, Lord. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.